Hello and welcome to a Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the consecration of St. Joseph. My name is Father Adam Potter. Today is day 27 where we continue our journey today looking at St. Joseph as being the pillar of families. It was Pope St. John Paul II who said that the future of the world and the church passes through the family. And so what does Joseph have to offer us? Well, a whole heck of a lot. Um, Can't wait to break some of that open with you. And then we're also going to continue our recitation of this act of consecration by St. Peter Julian Amard, coming to be more fully prepared to say with our whole hearts, our whole lives, Joseph, I trust you, and I give myself over to you to lead me closer to Jesus. So let's do that. Let's pray, invoking the Holy Spirit first and foremost. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. An act of consecration to St. Joseph. I consecrate myself to you, good St. Joseph, as my spiritual father. I choose you to rule and to teach me the interior life, the life hidden away with Jesus, Mary, and yourself. Above all, I want to imitate the humble silence with which you shrouded Jesus, Mary, and yourself, and even your own happiness. For me, everything lies in that. Total abnegation like our Lord in his hidden life making the world forget me by my silence and my practice of the common life. I consecrate myself to you as my guide and model in all my duties, so that I may learn to fulfill them with meekness and humility, with meekness toward my brethren, my neighbor, and all with whom I come in contact, with humility toward myself and simplicity before God. I choose you, good saint, as my counselor, my confidant, my protector in all my difficulties and trials. I do ask to be spared crosses and sufferings, but only from self-love, which might vitiate their value by making me vain over them. I shall honor and love and serve you with Mary, my mother. Never shall I separate her name from yours and my love. Gladly would I be like you, St. Joseph, a poor carpenter, unknown and despised, food for the roots of the tree, the master's gardener who never leaves the garden, who knows nothing but his plants, who loves only his flowers and sees only their fruits and dies in the corner of his hut in the arms of Jesus and Mary. We do not know the place of your burial, so we cannot honor your remains. You leave behind you only your mantle of poverty and humility. O Jesus, give me Joseph for a father as you have given me Mary as a mother. Fill me with devotion, confidence, and filial love. Listen to my prayer, please. I know that you will. Already I feel more devout, more full of hope and confidence in good St. Joseph, your foster father and my adopted father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, well, it's good. We are moving and coming in closer and closer to the finish with this day 27 we're now only seven days away and so to really appreciate ah just how close it is and 
hopefully you're feeling that desire just to be more and more prepared, maybe even feeling some spiritual attacks, maybe feeling um, a little fatigued. Are you tired of listening to me yet? Um, right? It, it's all real. And of course, the, the evil one and just the, the weakness of our flesh would want to reject persevering and um, continuing on this journey. So stay strong. Let's keep going. And just to allow ourselves to be enfolded in this great cloak of Joseph to bring us close to him so that he can lead us through this time, this last stretch. In this uh, second paragraph today of the act of consecration, we get a great look at something that's so difficult for our contemporary world. And it's the talk about humble silence, total abnegation, and um, this imitation of Joseph's hidden life in a way that seeks to be hidden that the world would forget me is, is the way it's stated. So I wanted to talk a little bit about silence. I've made mention of it. Maybe I've offered a few corny jokes about Joseph's silence. He doesn't say a single word. This is, this is like an incredible insight though, into not just Joseph, but even the Holy family, right? To consider that for the majority of the 30 years that Jesus was a part of this Holy family, we don't get much at all in terms of what happened after the massacre of the innocents and then their flight into Egypt in return we get the story of Jesus being lost and then found in the temple at the age 12 of 12 but other than that it's really obscure and hidden shrouded in silence that really comes from Joseph and we make the connection that it is from Joseph in the way that he is silent. He doesn't utter a word. He offers his self in response to the promptings of the angels and leading his family, but he stays hidden. And it's a humble silence, right? And silence is humble, right? Oftentimes it's our pride that makes us want to shout out and speak up and be seen and be heard. And this silence is humble because it takes a step back. It takes a look at the room. It takes a look at the conversation and it speaks prudently, speaks with purpose and intentionality. And um, this is not easy. I was thinking even just practically, right? If you were Joseph and you had the most beautiful woman in the world as a wife, the Immaculate Conception, if you had the divine son of God as your son, your foster son, would you not be tempted a little bit to tell people, <laughs> to boast, to post about it, um, tweet, let people know, like, this is happening right under my roof. Do any of you know it? I'm exaggerating a little bit. But the point is this. For Joseph, he had a self-mastery. He had an ability not just to proclaim it, not just to shout it, but to keep it hidden. And this was really important, too, as we'll come to discover in terms of why Joseph needed to protect Mary and Joseph in this, in this silence. Um, but I, I appreciated this. It was blessed William Joseph Shamanon who said that maybe the omnipotent God would equip St. Joseph with thunderbolts. <laughs> and right. And maybe Joseph was thinking like, Lord, you could have equipped me with so many other things to protect this family. And yet you want me to protect them with silence to allow them to go under the radar so that 
Mary and Jesus can really fulfill this fulfill this role as being the new Eve in the new Adam and uh, redeeming the world. So this is Joseph. Can we take a step back though and just talk about silence? How do each of you do with silence? Silence, right? To offer uh, a definition that I got from Robert Cardinal Seurat in his book, The Power of Silence, that he describes it not just as the absence of noise, but the presence of God. Silence, right? That it's not just a negation. And sometimes we get this really wrong when our world is so filled with so much noise, so many screens and so many distractions and that there's just always something glowing in our house usually, right? Sometimes from the first moment that we wake up until the very moment whenever we go to bed, there's almost always something in our ears. There's almost always something buzzing in our pockets. Like this is what I mean by noise, right? This noise, the radio going or some song or some TV or some movie going on in the backgrounds. And so we might think that, oh, silence is just turning it off. But have you ever done that? There's this interesting phenomenon that, okay, I turn it all off and yet my brain is still going. <laughs> my, my heart's still racing and maybe I'm still thinking about that last thing that I was listening to or that thing that I was watching. And all of a sudden we realize, oh, silence is not just exterior, but it's interior. I remember one of the first times that I went away on a week-long silent retreat and the first couple of days I just slept. <laughs> I had to catch up on sleep. Um, I'm part joking. But more than that, I realized I had this quiet, not just my exterior. It wasn't just about, okay, turning off the phone, shutting the laptop, right? Like those emails will be there whenever the week-long silent retreat is over. It was realizing that even long after I turned off, I turned off my last application, my mind was still still going and still like being connected in a way that was oddly unsettling and unnerving. That a true silence is an interior resting. And again, it's not just the absence of noise, but it's the presence of God. And we see God speaking and acting in scriptures. He works in the silent whisper. He is the wind, right? Blowing through that we're not able to see, but if we're still enough, we're able to feel and notice the rustling of the leaves to be able to see that he's coming through. I remember uh, someone close to me saying, okay, Father, I'm, I'm trying to be silent. I'm trying to be still. And all of a sudden, like, as soon as I gather myself for silent prayer, immediately I fall asleep. <laughs> what about that? And I said, I can relate. Um, but no, more apt to the point is it's in silence that we're actually able to be more in tune with what's going on in our hearts. And um, this is just a great thing to appreciate about Joseph, a man who was silent. He had an interior life, as we talked about yesterday, that he knew what was going on. And in that silence, he was able to be present to the Lord. Do you think about this ever whenever you have conversations with people? Like how often are we actually listening to them? Or how often are we actually just thinking about how we're going to respond? As soon as I hear something that connects with me, then I start thinking about what I'm going to say as soon as they, they take a breath or they take a pause. It's actually this position of silence that says, I'm not just listening to respond. I'm listening to listen. I'm listening because I want to know who the person is. And this is where silence 
is this path of love that I want to be present to you, not just the absence, but a presence. I want to be present to you so that I can receive you, receive your word, and even receive your heart, what is going on in your life. And that Joseph, by his practice of silence and humility, had a greater opportunity to pour himself out to Jesus and to Mary. This total, this life of total renouncement, total abnegation, as it said, is captured by St. Peter Julian Amard. He says this about how St. Joseph can be our guide and our model. Because our vocation is like his, we must live his life, practice his virtues, and assimilate his spirit. Now, in what spirit did Joseph serve Jesus and Mary? In a spirit of love because he appreciated the divinity of Jesus and the excellence of Mary. Filled with grace and understanding, he could never thank God enough for having associated him with such great and holy mysteries. At the sight of his unworthiness, Joseph plunged himself in humility, offered himself joyously and unreservedly to accomplish the will of God in all things. No matter how toilsome it might be, he cheerfully spent himself in the service of Jesus and Mary. Therein, he says, lies our path. We share the dignity of the holy patriarch. We must share his humility because we are neither as holy nor as perfect as he. With the devotedness of Joseph, let us serve Christ and our brothers as other Christs. So it is this spirit of uh, humble silence that gives us an openness to being able to see Jesus, love Jesus, and willingly pour ourselves out for him. This is wonderful, and this is not easy, and yet this actually allows us to experience uh, the joy of being able to be recollected and encounter God. Um, Good. This last point about this second paragraph, just to say briefly, I, th- I think it offer us a lot that it's the it's in this total abnegation, this hidden life, that making the world forget me by my silence and my practice of the common life stands out. Making the world forget me. Just thinking about how much this is needed, and just to, to think about how many people in, in our world instead of making the world forget me, how many of us strive so much to be seen, to be heard, and to be celebrated by the world? We just so want to be on the stage, have a voice, and be just celebrated everything we do. And Joseph gives us this invitation to make the world forget me, that I'm okay with living a very common and ordinary life, It's actually this that I remember St. Therese saying so fascinated her that the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph brought her great joy to think about all of the ways they were so ordinary and common in the way that like in the tension of their supernatural life and their communion with the blessed Trinity. And yet at the same time, they didn't stand out. They would have presented themselves in the temple with the poor offering of two doves, right? There was nothing that made people say like, ooh, who's them? I want to be them. I want to talk to them. They snuck through hidden and unnoticed. And this question is like, in my humility, in my embrace of silence, 
would I be open enough to be able to notice the Holy Family walking by? I think so many of us look for the those who are significant, those who stand out, those who look special, wear the right things, say, speak a certain way. And I, I just, I fear that too many of us would miss the Holy Family. That for us to notice them, we too need to imitate them in our renunciation, our littleness, in our ordinariness, especially through silence. One comment then on our uh, petition today of St. Joseph being the pillar of families. Again, as I mentioned in the beginning, St. John Paul II said that the future of the world and the church passes through the family, that it is the family that is the cell of society, that it's this most fundamental cell that if you if you get marriage wrong, then you're going to get the family wrong. And if you get the family wrong, then you're going to get the neighborhood wrong. And if you get the neighborhood wrong, then you're going to get the city wrong and then the state wrong and then the, and the whole, you get the point. Sorry. So it all comes down to this, to the family. And to appreciate Joseph as being this foundation, this pillar is so essential for us to reclaim the renewal of our culture, the renewal of our world and our church and everything else. So what does that look like? What does Joseph have to offer? Here again, I'm just going to turn to my resource that I'm stealing everything from, St. Peter Julian Amard. And listen to this, will you? And just, just appreciating his insight into this family life. Picture it, right? Just to close your eyes and to, to consider this scene. St. Joseph would hurry back from work with a light and joyful step to the house where the divine child lived. He lost no time away from home for he knew Jesus was divine love incarnate. So also ought Jesus to be our home, our family, our center. Like other Josephs, we ought to dwell with Jesus and be happy only with him. Jesus was the end of Mary and Joseph's life. They lived and worked only for him. How gladly St. Joseph worked to earn bread for the infant God and his mother. How joyously he carried home the mean wages of his labor. And when work was harder than usual, it was none the less sweet, because Jesus was his end. Jesus ought likewise to be the end of our lives. End quote. That's Joseph, huh? Why, how is he able to offer us this model of being the pillar of families? Because the foundation, the end, has to be about Jesus. And so this is just a good question for us. Is that the case in our family, just like it was Joseph's, right? Is prayer something that gets in the way of our family life or something that we build up to? Is Holy Mass on Sunday something that can resemble a source and summit of our family life? Or is it something that we need to get out of the way, find a convenient time, or make it as most (laughs) or as least inconvenient as possible, right? I don't mean this to be Um, condemning. And I don't mean to present it as being too idealistic, right? Because I think this is, I believe with all my heart, this is true happiness of allowing Jesus to really be present in our lives and to allow him to be the focus of our conversations, our thoughts, and everything that we do. And it doesn't mean that we can't have a life. It's actually with Jesus, we have the fullness of life. So let's pray, huh, that St. Joseph, especially in this virtue of humble silence, uh, forgetfulness, 
hiddenness, that we can welcome Joseph into our house, our homes, our families, our marriages, so that we can truly find Jesus and seek him more and more in everything we say and everything we do. With that, let's turn in prayer to our litany of St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the Mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the Virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the Son of God, pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Joseph most just, pray for us. Joseph most chaste, pray for us. Joseph most prudent, pray for us. Joseph most courageous, pray for us. Joseph most obedient, pray for us. Joseph most faithful, pray for us. Mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen, pray for us. Glory of domestic life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted, pray for us. Hope of the sick, pray for us. Patron of the dying, pray for us. Terror of demons, pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church, pray for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household and prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in your loving providence chose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, Grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector. You who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, everyone. (laughs) Praise God. Praise the Lord for what he's doing um, in each and every one of our hearts. Uh, As always, if... Uh, if this video is meaningful to you, if you got something out of it, please um, like it. If you haven't subscribed yet, um, now's your day, 20, day 27. It's time to subscribe um, to the podcast. Comment. Let me know where you're, where you're at. Let me know how you feel about silence. It can be uh, something most difficult to find or to embrace nowadays. But what do you appreciate about silence in, in your life? If you'd like to learn more about Dry Bones Ministries, uh, and or find a way to support this podcast, check out drybonespgh.org. And let's keep one another in prayer. I'm praying for you. We're coming in close to the end of this journey. Look forward to being with you tomorrow. And St. Joseph, pray for us. <laughs>